Oh yeah. The following program is in no way representative of the high quality programming usually heard on the Maverick Radio Network. The views expressed and fishing techniques demonstrated are not endorsed by this station. The following is not a news broadcast. Dusty's in the house. Where? Where is he? You're right here on the five count. Welcome to the five count. Yes, here it is. So excited. Tom, there's like excited and then there's like super excited. Yeah. And then there's like me way up here. Yeah, because you saw my hair, right? Uh, Well, yes, that's part of it. Dude, my hair is so ridiculous right now. You look like Keanu Reeves. I love that idea. But like way sexier. Oh, how is that even possible? I didn't think it was until wow. right this second. Just now. Holy smokes. Man, that's really something. Tom, well, try to contain yourself. I'll do my best, because this is a big-time show tonight. Is it really? Uh, this is probably the best show we've ever done. The best one possible? Hasn't even happened yet. No way. That's how confident I am. Jeez. That tonight's show is going to be a doozy. That sounds extreme. I mean, that sounds like a really high bar now has been set. Well, I think we'll clear it and then some. Really? I'll tell you why, Ton. We've got a special guest on the show tonight. Exclusive interview with actor Jack Mulcahy. Oh, no way, dude. Uh, better known to everyone, and mostly to Ton, as Rem Lazar. Yes! Rem Lazar on the program tonight. We will be creating Rem Lazar tonight on the five count. Wow, it's going to happen for real. It's a thing, Ton, that no one thought could happen, but then it's going to happen. Now it's happening right now. Let's also be clear to everyone like our age and slightly older than us. Uh, he also was in both of the Porky's films. Yeah. Porky's one and Porky's two the next day. Yes. So he's got some legitimate screen cred as well. He was also in the Brothers McMullen. Yeah, man. Which I think won 500 awards. It did. So. Here it is. He's now on this program this evening. And he's friends with Chaka Khan. Yeah, he is, dude. We're going to talk to him about it. That's so awesome. But the big news is that Rem Lazar is on the show. If you don't know Rem Lazar, it was a uh, kid's movie that was made in the late 80s. We actually watched it on our Patreon 
channel um, about a week or two ago. Yeah, if you go to Patreon, sign up for as little as $1. You can watch us. The Five Count at the Movies. Dusty and I watched Creating Rem Lazar. It's pretty... It's, it's, it's really something. It stirred up a lot of emotions. It really did. And it really kind of... Uh, unlocked a lot of things that ton had stored away deep down inside that i don't Pent think up. even he didn't know were there i had no idea they came flooding out it was a very emotional experience and i'm wondering if uh you'll be able to keep it in check tonight i'm gonna try here's the thing ton i was putting the show together yeah thinking rem lazar we're gonna need some music from the movie Rem Lazar because yeah. it's a musical uh, that does not exist online really in, in a very good so I did uh, once again as I am want to do uh, <laughs> I'm doing the Lord's work <laughs> and I just said you know what I'll create my own Rem Lazar soundtrack Wow, high quality Wow. so I went in there and slaved over a, a hot cool edit pro that i pirated 15 years ago <laughs> and created the best quality rem lazar soundtrack that will be available anywhere that's amazing and it's going to be happening tonight on the show that's really something i it's mean a, that had to take a long time Ah, uh, you know what considering that this is a radio show that we don't make any money from it was a surprising amount of time that was put into it. That's crazy. You're a crazy man. I do it for the kids. Well, thank you so much. I think uh, kids typically love this program. I mean, we're kind of the talk of the lunchroom. Are we really? In the halls, on the playground. Kids are always talking about, hey, did you hear the five count like what last kids? weekend? Are you talking elementary kids? I hope uh, not. Every kid. Every single possible kid? More or less. Wow. But I think tonight especially is going to be a good one. They'll be talking about this for the rest of the year. Man. I hope so. I really do. Ton, what else do we got tonight? Anything fun on your end? I mean, you're a fun happening dude. Um, You know, I think the fun pretty much stops at my hair. You know, it's like the hair comes into play. It's all super fun time. And then I got nothing after that. I'm just in life right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing construction projects at my house. I got two kids. I got, you know, it just, I got no, no more energy for anything else. The hair gives me the energy and the power. But typically, you know, in about a half hour, I'm ready to call her quits but energy. I can't. Yes. Energy takes me where I want to be and tons hairs I want to be. I don't have hair, so I have to sing songs about it. And it gives me energy. Yeah, dude. Ton, we've got mailbag questions. We've Seriously? got five count hotline messages. Are you for real? We have our own uh, telephone line that you could call and leave messages on. 
Call us up. The five count hotline, 507-519-2030. You can leave a message on that phone number, a voicemail, a text message, whatever you want. Dusty will play it on air. He will most likely make fun of you or say, I love you so much. Yes. One of those two things will happen. Extremely, mostly, absolutely the latter. Actually, let me just be full disclosure. I've never actually witnessed or heard him read a text message or listen to a voicemail and then say, I love you very much. That's never happened. Making fun of you has most definitely happened more than once. The love is implied. It's implied. 507-519-2030. Love implied. Son, you want to hear some songs? Yeah. What do you feel, uh, you know, like about songs? Is that a thing you're into these days? I love them. I mean, I know you're getting older. I love them. Do the songs still do anything for you? Oh, they do plenty. You know, this morning, I was like, I was bringing my daughter to a preschool slash care facility. And, and, you know, I had some, like, super early Human League album on, and it was very early 80s techno. And we were both just sitting there, just kind of, you know, listening to it. And then I was like, you know what? I think I got to change the, the song. And <laughs> my daughter go, immediately goes, why? She's five. She's like, why? I don't know. I just feel like listening to something else. I said, do you like this? She goes, no. (laughs) So I said, okay. And then I just switched it to some Van Morrison. And some might say, why would you do that? But I was about to be one of those people. You know, the Van Morrison can touch me in a certain way. But I, I... You better not touch me. I only can handle so much Van Morrison, but I do like it. And then we did the same thing, kind of. We just sat in there. I'm so proud of her. She is already shaping up kind of similar to the way I take things in. And she'll sit through it. Even if she's like in that instance, says she doesn't like it. She'll sit and she wants to listen and examine this thing before she fully (laughs) says she doesn't like it. She'll sit there and do it. Or when I pick her up and we're driving in the car, sometimes I'll put on music, whatever it is. And I'll start talking to her. I'll lower the volume and I'll say, how was your day? What did you do? And she'll just be like, good. I don't want to talk anymore. And I'm like, what? You know, I'll ask her like, why? I just want to listen to the music, dad. I'm like, okay, that's okay. Let's do this together. You got a pretty interesting carpool. What do the neighborhood kids think? They don't, they're not sitting in my car. Oh, I thought you drove everybody to school no i don't have a big enough car there's two car seat things in there and the one one is a seat the other is for a for a you know a baby car seat so like no kids can sit on there i mean i I would if i had like a bigger van i can imagine the neighborhood kids maybe balking at it they probably would not dig it come on mom i don't want to ride with mr klein he listens to haircut 100 yeah he listens to weird stuff they won't even know what it is. And I always talk to Sophia about it, too, and I'll tell them what it is, you know? like I wanted to hear Dua Lipa. What and he made me listen to the Thompson Twins. Yeah. I don't listen to the Thompson Twins. Really? I love those guys. I mean, I maybe would be okay with it, but anyway, yeah. He made me listen to Rem Lazar. That <laughs> is... Weirdo friend meticulously put together yeah. on his laptop over a weekend. That would be a little weird. 
Especially when I would show him the photo. This is Rem Lazar, kids. Well, stay tuned. Let's hear some non-Rem Lazar-related music first, and then we'll come back. Let's do it. Throw mama from the train, a kiss, a kiss. Wave mama from the train, a goodbye. Throw mama from the train, a kiss, a kiss. And don't cry, my baby, don't cry. How I miss that sweet lady with her old country touch. Miss her quaint, broken English called Pennsylvania Dutch. I can still see her there at the station that day calling out to her baby as the train pulled away throw mama from the train a kiss a kiss dry mama all your tears won't you try throw mama from the train a kiss, a kiss, and eat mama up on her pie. Can't believe that she's gone now. It's a lonely old town. Yet I know that her heavenly love keeps looking down. Cause whenever I happen to be passing through I could swear she was there With the warmth I once knew And I'd throw mama from the train A kiss, a kiss Wave mama from the train a goodbye Throw mama from the train A kiss, a kiss And she throws one back from a Hi, this is John Bermuda Schwartz with the Weird Al Yankovic Band, and you're listening to The Five Count.
This is Andre Gower from the Monster Squad, Wolfman Scott Nard, and you're listening to the Five Count. I've been walking home alone, past all the bars and corner delis, when I heard God call out my name. said, hey, let's grab a beer, it's awful late, we both right here, and we didn't even have to pay, cause God is God, and he's revered, I said, why isn't it
I went walking home alone, past all the bars and corner delis. When I thought, please call, call my name, and I said, Hey, let's grab a beer. It's awful late. I know you're here, and we wouldn't even have to pay, 'cause you are God and you're revered. Why isn't it getting better with time? I'm becoming all alone again. good to be back thank you so much welcome back to the five count here it is hey that was the new regina specter i like regina specter well that was from her new album that's coming out sometime later this year i keep forgetting to look into it but uh my daughter recently watched the encanto movie and i it seems like one of the songs Regina Spector sings or or she wrote it or something. I, I'm sure she didn't write it because it's Disney, but I haven't looked into it. One of them just feels like that, you know. I don't know. My family is singing that soundtrack constantly. In Canto? They're they're like not talking about Bruno and all that stuff. They're not talking about Bruno. And I'm just like are we still not talking about Bruno Why for the 50th you? time? Yeah, just talk about Bruno. Can't we like just it's listen fine. to Rem Lazar? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I thought you wanted to talk about Bruno, which I thought you don't talk about Bruno. That's the whole point of the song, Ton. I thought you said you watched it. <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the movie, Bruno is back. He's back in action, and it's like you should be able to talk about him. I now. ain't talking about nothing. All right, except for uh, Jack. Okay, he's on the program tonight. Rem Lazar. He's got some big news that he's going to unload on us about maybe a possible uh, sneaker line. Golden Converse. Yeah. Dude, that sounds awesome. That would probably sell, too. Ton, I got a question from... Well, I don't know what it is, actually. I've not listened to it yet. Okay. But it's a call that came into the Five Count Hotline. Okay. Hello, hello. It's Twitter Lori. I am back from the dead... Oh my gosh, I've been away for so long. I'm so sorry. I've just been dealing with like the plague and wars and the apocalypse and all that stuff. But I just want to let you guys know that I still love my radio studs. And I hope you guys are back on the air again soon live. But until then, this is going to have to do. So um, I hope you guys have a great show. And... um I'll say again that I miss you. Okay. Bye. Aw, dust. Very, very pleasant. Yes. Ah, 
I didn't say anything because I just wanted to soak it in. I wanted to just soak it in. Twitter, Lori, I was soaking in your voice just then. I was just drinking it in. That was yeah, lovely. he's drenched. Did you? <laughs> that was nice of her. I told her recently on Twitter. I said I miss you and I miss your voice. I just miss miss you in general. Miss having you call in. I miss Twitter, Lori. Well, she's got a lot of stuff going on, you know, like she's got a nice voice. There's like pandemics and world wars happening and yeah. gas prices are out of control. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on. So it's totally okay, Twitter Lori. It's okay, and I appreciate you calling in and yes, you have a lovely voice and a lovely face and probably a lovely everything else and Okay. Thank you so much. I do have some bad news. Uh, uh, the days of us going back to being live, I think, are in the rear view mirror. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty weird, but that's thanks to like uh, COVID and you know Putin and Obama <laughs> and think, Dwayne McGall. Technically, I don't think Obama had anything to do with it ever. But and various allied powers <laughs> keeping ton off the airwaves on Saturday nights. Plus, he had quadruple pneumonia. It's probably, I don't, I mean, I could be wrong. I should just message Twitter Lori more often, but she used to uh, be up late Saturday nights working in her, in her studio and then she'd listen to us live and then she'd sometimes call in or whatever, you know? So that's probably why she maybe still is up on Saturday nights and wishes she could interact with us, uh, interact with us at that point. She's probably busy during the week like this. Well, you know what, son? I don't have the exact date in front of me. I'm going to look that up right now. Yeah. But I think it's uh, roughly the two-year anniversary of the last time we were allowed into the uh, KMSU studios. Oh, man. It's a weird thing because there's like a part of me that feels like if it opened up to us to do it live again, it would be, it would be kind of fun to go do it or something. But at the same time... I'm actually really okay. <laughs> like just getting it done and having the weekend to ourselves or whatever. It's kind of nice. I got to say as a man uh pushing 80. Yeah. Uh I'm not sure that I want to do the show live on Saturdays anymore. Yeah. You want to go to bed. I'm sorry. Um we used to start at 11 p.m. Central Time yeah. and go until the next day. Now we start at 9 p.m. and still it's like getting ready for bed around that time. Yeah. That's too bad, man. I mean, I'm usually up actually a lot later, but I don't want to be out doing things at that point. Plus, it's like, I don't know, it's just harder. Two kids, a little baby, don't always sleep the best. Well, I think it's been two years since we were allowed up in the studios. That is weird to think about. We still got each other. Plus, you don't listen live anyway, like everything else. Nobody does anything live anymore, so. Well, we don't know if Twitter Lori listens live. No, I don't not. think she I listens at all. She doesn't at all? Probably not. She's busy, like making ceramics. Yeah. I still wish there was some way that we, I don't know, we could visit her or something, just high-five her. I'd love to visit that little shop that she built. 
You should go to LoriDawnCeramics.com and check that out. Why don't you drive over there? She's just been a cool fan of the show, and I appreciate her. If things were different, didn't have kids involved and stuff, it'd be a lot easier. I would just hop on my motorcycle, and I'd go over there, and I'd high-five her, and it'd be all sweet. Hey, you know who uh, usually appreciates having kids involved? Rem Lazar. Rem Lazar. We've got an exclusive interview with Rem Lazar himself, Jack yeah, Mulcahy. Man. Nice. Uh, this was a big get, I think. Tom's I think like, so hey, too. do you think you can get Rem Lazar on the show? Bet you can't. I was like, I'll take that bet. <laughs> oh, man. No, it's good. It's going to be, you know, full disclosure, it's a great interview. I would say if you have not seen it, which is likely if you're uh, here in the Midwest, because I don't know how far off the East Coast that this movie traveled back in the late 80s. Yeah. But I'm sure you could probably find it on YouTube, or I would suggest maybe trying to download it via illegal means, but uh, I can't tell you that because you you might get uh, into some hot water. Not saying that happened to me, but careful. Not saying that I've got various lawsuits (laughs) pending (laughs) due to this program. Oh man, what a bummer! But we do have the Rem Lazar soundtrack featured tonight. That is awesome. That I painstakingly pieced together. Yes, you did. Flawless, seamless, beautiful. That pretty much sums up the whole show. (laughs) does it really i'd like to think so probably doesn't but you're welcome to think so should we get to our interview it's kind of a lengthy one yeah let's do it then we'll come back this is a jack mulcahy rem lazar of creating rem lazar here on the five count hello hey is this jack it is Jack. Is this Dustin? is this is Dustin. How you doing today? I'm good, man. You? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time out with us. Yeah, no problem. I'll introduce you to my co-host, Ton. Hey, Jack. How hey. you doing? Tom, how are you? I am real good. We're happy to have you on the line here. Um, I I can't wait to get into this. I'm excited. Happy to be here. <laughs> it's gonna be good. If you're ready, uh, uh, we'll we'll go ahead and get started. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so talk to us, talk to us, I guess, about your early career. Did you, did you actually start out as a musician? I did. Uh, I started out, uh, I had my first rock and roll band when I was about 16 years old. Uh, I was always, uh, I was a singer and, uh, I, a friend of mine came back from a block party and he said, Hey man, some guy's down in the basement. He's got it. He's got a band. But he's got no singer. So what do you think? And went down there, we did a couple of Led Zeppelin songs. And and before you know it, you know, within two years, I picked up a guitar and then I started my own bands. And um, yeah, and then I started working at Atlantic Records, toured with uh, groups like Foreigner and worked with Chaka Khan and uh, Hall and & Oates and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, and then I got, um, and then I got Porky's. Which was my very first feature film. <laughs> now, d- d- just hold on, now, Jack. You can't just be you can't just be glossing over Shaka Khan and Foreigner and just Porky. Come on, now, this is ridiculous. Okay, so a lot, a lot of my career has has, has has come as the result of being a ball player as well. 
and uh, I was playing uh, for the Atlantic Records softball team. And, and one guy said, "Hey, man, you know, you know, if you, if you want to, you can come and, and be a studio rat and do various things, and then you can barter your time for like recording time." And, uh, and this is when the the old studio recording was at uh, 68th Street and Broadway. So it was directly across the way from Central Park, which is where we played all our softball games. And we would repair to a bar called Martin's afterwards, you know, every Tuesday evening and, you know, just shoot the shit. And then all these bands would come in. Brian Ferry would come in and, and, and Peter Tosh would come in and the Stones would be there. I, I remember escorting uh, Mick Jagger to a club, you know, called Hurrah's because he didn't know Broadway at all. <laughs> just like yeah, wow. So many wild things that uh, that have happened in my early on career. Yeah. That's crazy. So, so it literally, you it just kind of fell into your lap, and it just you just kind of went with it. I mean, how did you end up on tour or working with these other these these groups? Like you mentioned, well, Foreigner happened, and Shaka Khan. Well, and, what happened with uh, with uh, uh, with uh, Foreigner is that uh, I was in the studio listening to some of my recordings. And it was like really, really late at night. And then and Mick Jones came in and, you know, I'd known these guys as if, you know, they were just like friends and or just employers. And and uh, they asked if I would uh, consider, you know, going on the road with them as a uh, background uh, vocalist. And this is for the uh, Double Vision Hot-Blooded Tour. Wow. 75, 76 or something like that. And, you know, I thought he was fucking around with me at first. I was like, come on, Mick. And he says to me, he goes, can you get permission from your mom? Wow! <laughs> oh, that is awesome! What yeah, a story so, uh, and what a time to do that! Yeah, and you know, and, and it gave me the first glimpse of how a big record machine is behind their hottest act. Because you know, we could do no wrong. We could ask for everything in the world and get it. And it was kind of like pretty out of body experience, otherworldly kind of stuff. So that's crazy. Now you yeah. mentioned Shaka Khan. I'm a big fan of hers. What yeah. era? What era did you work with her, and in what capacity? Can you elaborate? We're, uh, well, we're probably talking about um, early '80s, late '70s, early '80s. Okay. Uh, everything for me is pre-Porkies and post-Porkies, right? So, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I shot Porkies in '81, and, and my 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 music career pretty much just went. You know, it took a backseat. I'm still a singer and we'll talk about Rem Lazar too, which is like kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so working with uh, Chaka Khan is kind of like, it's a little dubious because I was basically a studio rat. So I would do whatever she, well, I, I was at her beck and call. Yeah. She also said that I had the best ass of any white boy she'd ever seen in oh, her life. Nice. And, and she was, she was always so wonderful. She would come in and like, you know, she had, she was on, she was almost always on roller skates oh, up wow. and down the hallways and just like doing her thing. And she was just like such a love and such a light. And my God, what a set of pipes she had. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. So how did you make the switch to acting? Well, as it turns out, uh, my next door neighbor, my very, very next door neighbor, I'm in apartment 8A. He lives in 8B. His name is Gary, Cott, Gary Gotch. He was uh, associate producer for Bill, uh, for um, Bob Clark for many years on a lot of his B movies, you know, Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things and Black Christmas. 
And I had occasion to meet Bob several times, you know, in my, you know, late teens, early twenties. And he had asked Gary if I was an actor and Gary goes, no, I, I know Jack's a musician, but, and Bob said, you know, when I get the money to do Porky's, that kid's going to be in it. And sure enough, like eight years later, he called me and he said, Hey, do you want to come down to Florida and get some acting lessons? Be kind of a glorified background guy. And, you know, see what you see if you even like it. And sure enough, I go down there and after two days, people at 20th Century Fox liked me so much in the rushes that they told Bob to write me in the script. And I was immediately going to become a Screen Actors Guild member. Wow. So, so if you know the film, right, do you know the film at all? Sure. Yep. Yeah, well, during the shack scene where we all think that we're going to have a gangbang with Cherry Forever, <laughs> yeah. that's when Bob walked up to me. I'm totally balls-ass naked. And he goes... Oh, by the way, 20th Century Fox liked you. We're writing you into the entire script. So uh, from this moment <laughs> on, you have your side card. And he walks away. <laughs> and I turn to the actor next to me, Cyril O'Reilly, and I go, what the fuck just happened? And he looks at me and he just goes, fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, there I am, 100 films and television shows later. Yeah. The thing went on to win, yeah, to make you know, two hundred million dollars. I'm still getting fucking residual checks from it. So wow, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that film was uh, really. I mean, oh, for your God. first film, yeah. that was the one that really kind of created an entire genre. I mean, films are still kind of using that as uh, the template here all these years later. They are, they are. I mean, American Pie and uh, and even Barry Levinson was kind of on the fence. He didn't want to like release Diner until he saw the success of Porky's and then he eventually did. So, wow. It was a touchstone. Yeah, it was, it was a touchstone. And, you know, it's, <laughs> but you know, the other thing, the other hand, uh, the other side of that blade is that, uh, thinking that, Oh, this is easy. I can do this all the time. <laughs> right? Sure. Cause we shot the, uh, we shot the scene and I'll never forget the kid who played meat. Tony Ganios calling me up. Um, from Colorado, they had done a test screening at, in Colorado Springs, and I could hear all this laughter in the background. I go, Tony, what's up? And he goes, Hey, little buddy, we're fucking heroes. I'm like, oh, What are you talking about? He goes, Listen to this. He holds the phone up, and people are just laughing their asses off. And he goes, We're shooting the sequel in June, man. See you later. Click. <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> crazy. The film even released. Yeah. So they knew, and, uh, yeah, so the budget went from $1.5 million to $9 million. Jeez. And then the second film only made $90 million, so go figure. Right? Yeah. But I had a bigger part in that, and, you know, I was well on my way. And then uh, I went back to my music for quite a bit, and, uh, yeah, and, and just, you know, kept grinding, kept grinding, kept grinding, kept grinding. Well, you've got it. You mentioned it already. You've you really got to tell us what is up with Rem Lazar and how did that even happen? Like, please just, I feel like you're the golden key. You have the answers to the, to all the question marks. I have, I, I have all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> and I just can't wait to hear them. Well, well it, it happened that, you know, I, I went back into my rock and roll route. So we're talking about 80s or 87 I don't think it got released until 88 or something like that um, and so all my flowing locks my, those that was all my hair at the time <laughs> and um, and I was at a wedding a 
of all things, uh, a wedding in an apartment. And this gentleman named Phil Meyerowitz approached me and he said, hey, listen, man, he says, I understand that you're a singer and a rock and roller. I've got a friend of mine who's been looking for this character. And, and it, you know, it's like a children's fantasy movie. And I'm like, oh, a musical? And he goes, yeah. And I go, oh, okay. He says, uh, he's out in Long Island. You know, it, it, I can arrange a meeting. And so I said, yeah, so let's, let's, let's definitely do this. So I went out and I met with Scott, Scott Zacharin, and I met with the composer Mark Muley. And I really, you know, I got a sense of the whole thing. And then it started to come together. I saw storyboards and I saw costuming and all this kind of stuff. And all of that stuff aside, for me, it was the music that made me say yes. Because the tunes were, you know, because I've done Broadway stuff and I've done all that kind of stuff. And I've done rock and roll. And I just think that music is, you know, really, really powerful for messaging. And I felt that if we could capture exactly what was being written on that page, on that music page, and I could bring it to life, that we'd have something there. And we could like really, and Mark was really wonderful in the uh, studio. I actually recorded the entire soundtrack in one day. Crazy. All my vocals were in one day. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. And I had to match the children because the children had recorded their stuff first because they had been looking for the, the guy to play Rem for the longest time. But they found the kids first. And, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's um, the rest is history, as they say. So when's, when's the last time you've watched it? Well, you know, now that we are in the process of re-releasing it. Oh, wow. So we have got a 1080 HD version of it now. And now we are like doing, we're going to launch a Kickstarter campaign pretty soon, probably on my birthday, which is Earth Day, April 22nd. Oh, wow. And uh, because we want to create the website and we're also going to be um, doing launches for, with incentives and uh, we're looking towards doing an animated feature. Crazy. Wow. Yeah, so all this stuff is pretty much, you know, the first time being heard. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, I've gotten reached out, uh, reached, uh, I've been reached out to by, um, by Vinnie Vine Sauce and the Red Letter Media guys. And uh, so once this, you know, we're, we're taking it one step at a time, getting everything in place. We've, we've got a website that we're building right now. We have an LLC, Red Lazar Media, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's just really incredible how this has gotten a new life, right? Because they only printed like, you know, I think something like, God, I want to say 10,000 copies yeah, of the VHS. Interesting. And then when it popped onto the internet, you know, it was, it was um, generation, the generation that grew up with it is now internet savvy and all of a sudden somebody put it up there and it just exploded. And then when I heard that Rem Lazar, I mean that uh, red letter media was, uh, it took hold of it and and voted it best of the worst. I was like, really people started sending me links. My star meter like went up to like, you know, 3,800. I was like going, well, it's, it's usually been pretty good, but I've never cracked 5,000, you know, what the hell's going on? Yeah. So, so I, I have to ask, 
I, I guess maybe I'm having trouble finding the words. What what was uh, <laughs> the people that wrote this film? Yes. What was their what was their intentions? So um, I don't know how much Dusty has talked to you about it. We not at all. Okay, so um, on our show, the five count, we have some. Um, some other things that we do with the five count co-op, which is on YouTube. And then we also do a thing just for Patreon called the five count at the movies. And it's basically dusty and I, um, and we're watching a movie and then we talk about it as we're watching it. Mm-hmm. So we did, uh, creating Rem Lazar. We watched that and, uh-huh. and we talked about it as we watched it and, and we watch it cold. I knew nothing about the film. I did, Dusty said, here's what it is. Okay. And this is now we're watching it. Okay. <laughs> So the whole time I'm going like, what was this created for? Like, is this a film that someone just had this ultimate vision and they made it? Or was it supposed to circulate like like the school system and like touch on, you know, like children learning? And it even has said like there's a, there's a psychology piece or something. There was a psychology company that they listed at the end credits that was involved mm-hmm. or somewhere. A special thanks. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was. Yeah. So and, uh, yeah. So the vision you had was quixotic vision, but anyway. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's um, it was a one-off basically, and it was a one-off for an after-school special. And Scott always, you know, felt, you know, this is basically what he was going through when he was a child. He was yeah. afraid that he wouldn't be able to make friends, and he had a fear of the dark, right? So he put those two uh, characteristics into the two characters, the boy and the girl. And, you know, we brought them to life. And Scott did have a very, very active imagination when he was a child. I don't know whether it was manifesting, you know, a Rem or or a superhero or a hero of any kind. But that was basically what it was all about. For me at the time, it was just a gig. Yeah. And I've become, you know, more and more fond of it as the day goes, because I think it, it, you know, as weird and bizarre as it is, it is just a very sweet project. It and really is. In today's day and age, I think we can use an awful lot more of that shit. Yeah, I think you're right. And and I will even say um, I'm I'm uh, I'm probably well, I'm most definitely probably younger than you, but I still grew up um, within the 80s enough that the things that are touched on by those children and, and specifically the way the parents, the way the adult figures treat the children was very real. I can remember all that stuff very vividly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so it's relatable. It's understandable that people would have connected Mm -hmm. with it. Um, was it mostly on the East coast, like on, on television or do you know that it hit national? Cause I mean, I don't, I, I was unaware of it being in the Midwest. Uh you know, I think cable at that point was like such so in its like early stages yeah. that, you know, if it did get any kind of run, I think maybe Showtime ran it once or something like that. But as I said, the limited amount of copies that uh, were made and distributed, they sold out. And, you know, <laughs> I think the last I saw it, it's 500 bucks on eBay to find a fucking wow. VHS. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, but we shot it all here in New York and upstate New York. And it took about five or six days. I believe when I, when I first, when I first saw, when I first went to Rosemary Ponzo's, uh, apartment to, to, uh, to try on the, the outfit, 
it was kind of like wild and transformative. And once you put that cape on me, it was just, and I still had like Polaroids from it and it's kind of cool. And we're going to package that in, in, in the deal, you know, when we, when we re-release this kind of stuff, because we've also got about four and a half hours of BTS footage, right? That <laughs> wow. they shot while we were like shooting. And it's kind of really <laughs> insane to go back to 1988, right? Yeah, and, uh, and 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 reminisce, and then find out like you know, lo these many years later that it has affected so many people because you kind of forget about this stuff. But here's a very very interesting story. I was doing a play, an off Broadway play, and the woman who was playing my wife, um, we had a really really good run and a very good rapport like almost right away, and you know, about maybe three or four months after the play ended, you know, I started posting some pictures of Rem Lazar and she writes to me, she goes, Jack, what's about, what is it about this Rem Lazar stuff? And I said, well, I, I am Rem Lazar. And she just goes, <laughs> she goes, Oh my fucking yes. She goes, I saw that when I was a child. Oh, wow. <laughs> she goes, no wonder I felt so incredibly warm towards you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, it was so bizarre. That is awesome. And it was just like something out of like, you know, you can't make this shit up, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That would, yeah. that would just, that blows me away. That's hilarious. It, it was mind blowing. Yeah. And she was of that age, you know, at the time. So wow. very, very interesting stuff. You know, it's great that you are so open, you know, with talking about the film, obviously at the time, I'm sure you couldn't have imagined that it would become, you know, way more popular 30 plus years later. But, um, you know, that could have been easy for you to just kind of keep it buried on those 10,000 well, VHS well, copies. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, not not so much buried as much as just forgotten about, right? Yeah. It's like you move on, you you have careers, you know. I I I, I did a fifteen thousand dollar film that went on to you know make forty million dollars and win Best Picture at Sundance. So that's you know, yeah. Like, I mean, the Brothers McMullen was like the indie darling that was like the standard for indie film for like the next dozen years, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's like all these kinds of things and, and everything you do in your career, right. Whether it's good or bad or, you know, panned or, or exalted, you know, it brings you to where you are now. And I feel that I'm a much better actor. I'm, I'm definitely a much better singer than I ever was because I have life to my voice. Right. It's not just you know, the pure talent of being able to sing, being able to interpret and not just that, but, uh, as an actor, you're able to interpret an awful lot better because of your life experience. Well, I, I appreciate your attitude around it and, uh, and being open to that. Cause I can tell you, yeah. even on this program, we've talked to some other actors, um, who have done, uh, I would say about equally as, as, as big, uh, um, kind of cult classics as Porky's, and have very different attitudes, even about their roles in those films. And, and it's unbelievable sometimes when, when you encounter that, because it's like, listen, you did that, you know, and it just, you, like, feel good about it and move on Own with it. life, you know? Own yeah. It. yeah. Own it Own up. It. So that's, that is awesome. 
So talk to us about, um, I mean, you have done quite a bit more since then. What are some of the favorite roles you've played? That's, I mean, even including Broadway. Well, I mean, (laughs) you can... You can you you can uh, throw in all my Law and Orders because you're not a New York actor unless you've done every single Law and Order, right? <laughs> <laughs> SVU, Criminal Intent, the original. I I even used to joke, I'm just waiting for them to have a new one, Law and Order. You know, parking tickets and misdemeanors. You know, <laughs> 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 but, but that franchise never came to fruition. But um, but no, um, I've had so many other really really fine roles. I mean. Jack McMullen in The Brothers McMullen was like amongst my favorite roles ever because he got to explore um, not my own personal thing, but observing people who had experienced those kinds of um, disruptions in their lives, mm-hmm. you know, cheating on their spouses and, and brothers who were like, you know, trying to, you know, glom off of you and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and for us and to be rejected by everybody, everybody, everybody. And then all of a sudden accepted by Sundance. What are you kidding me? Yeah. So, you know, we go to Sundance, we figure, Oh, maybe we'll win an audience appeal award because it was a very charming thing. But as the buzz grew and grew and grew the entire week at Sundance, it was kind of like, Oh my God, this thing could really, and it was Samuel L. Jackson who announced us being the winners, which was, you know, yeah. And the and the day of, and I had I had met Sam and played softball with him in the Broadway Show League when he was doing Once on This Island, and so I saw him on the street in, at Sundance, and I said, "Oh, so tonight's the ceremonies, man. What do you think?" Because I knew he was on the uh, the jury, he was on the panel, and he looks at me, he goes, "I said, I said Sam, Jack Mulcahy." He goes, "Man, I know who you are, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and i said so tonight and he goes yeah what about it and i go anything he goes good luck and he winks at me he walks away i go sam that could mean any fucking thing wow what a guy <laughs> that is yeah, awesome he, he was... <laughs> thanks pal yeah uh, and especially at that man. time you you like if it would feel like you can't have an exchange with him without an mf or being thrown in there Exactly. At that time period. And, yeah. And I mean, and to be called motherfucker by Sam L. Jackson is like a compliment. Oh, yeah. Of the highest order. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. But uh, there was another role that I did that I won uh, uh, quite a few awards for. And it was uh, I played the devil. I played Lucifer in a comedy called um, uh, The Jersey Devil. Mm. And the premise is, is that me, Lucifer, has gotten too old and he loses his job due to term limits. <laughs> and the new devil takes over and he's moving hell to its new location in Jersey City, New Jersey. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I am having none of it. So I try and foil his entire plan. But, you know, I've been out of the game too long and I'm just a fumbling, dumbling fool. And so I dressed like Pacino and Devil's Advocate, <laughs> and I played like Judge, you know, <laughs> Judge Smeal, <laughs> Judge Smales in uh, Caddyshack. <laughs> this sounds amazing. <laughs> so if you can find it, you can probably find it on Amazon. That uh, the Jersey Devil, it's fucking funny as shit. I will definitely be looking for that. And uh, I had a recent guest star on Blue Bloods. It was great working with Tom Selleck and uh, and the crew over there. Very professional. And uh, I've got a thing right now called Girl Boxer, 
where I play a former IRA, Irish Republican Army member, who's back here in America, and he starts a female fight club, hmm. bare knuckle brawling. And the Russian mob is involved, and uh, there's like, wow. so many things going on with it. And that thing has won 22 awards so far. It's on topical, the even. Circuit. Wow. Yeah, pretty topical. Yeah. <laughs> so these are, you know, things, and, you know, these are things that I've just done in the recent past, even with COVID. So That's awesome. Well, that's great. Yeah. We will definitely be looking out for it. Yeah, please do. Uh, Jack, you mentioned the uh, Rem Lazar the uh, the fundraiser. Can you uh, go over the uh, details on that again? Uh, not as yet, but I, I will hit you guys back once we have everything in place. I was supposed to have uh, a conference with uh, Scott and uh, Mark like last week, but unfortunately, Scott contracted COVID. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's in San Diego, so he's recovering, and we're going full tilt boogie. But um, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing, uh, I think he wants to do a Kickstarter or, or a GoFundMe, but it's just to set up the website professionally so that everything goes without a hitch where people can gather and people can like comment and people can, uh, you know, be, feel that they are part of the experience. And uh, they'll get to talk to Rem, you know, directly <laughs> yeah. and chat and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and then we're going to incentivize it. We also... <laughs> And this is my harebrained scheme. I really want Converse All Stars to like place the gold Converse. <laughs> yeah, <I> man, <laughs> that would be something. Wow, they'll sell too. I mean, t-shirts are like t-shirts are definitely a must. Right? And then we can go into pajamas and we can go to lunch pails and all that kind of shit. Because <laughs> the generation that grew up with Rem. Their kids love it. Those who do have the VHS or those who do, you know, click on the links on YouTube, their kids absolutely love it. And that makes me feel really good. Yeah, that is nice. Is it possible yeah. the uh, the soundtrack could maybe be made available at some point? Uh, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I have this, uh, I have this software now that we're digitized that I can yank, I, I yanked uh, Reach With Your Heart off of uh off the off the um off the film and it's like its own little mp3 right now and it's kind of cool that i can just send that to people without any of the visuals and people are like oh my god this is and that was the thing about we were kind of worried about you know losing some of the quality when we went to digital but it was even better which is kind of strange awesome. and we got a 480 version and now we got a 1080 version so yeah, we'd love to uh, play some of that stuff on the show if we could. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I know you, you got a lot of stuff uh, going on, and uh, according to your IMDb, you got, I don't know if that's always factual, but it looked like maybe a half dozen films in post-production, yeah. so it sounds yeah. like you've got a lot of yeah. stuff going on. That's awesome. Yeah, there's there's there's, <laughs> there's an awful lot. You know, there's, there's some on the back burner, there's some on the near back burner, there's some close to, like, burning your fingers, and you know, it, it's all a question of, you know, being able to prioritize and compartmentalize and say, okay, this, this will need some time. But, you know, we have been concentrating an awful lot of our effort on, uh, on the REM relaunch, the renaissance, as I call it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> 21st century REM. Excellent. Again, uh, thank you so much for your time and, you know, for being uh, cool with uh, REM Lazar. I know it's uh... mm -hmm. You know, at the time, it was that was kind of what was going on. When people look at it now, and you can kind of laugh at it, but you know that 
was really kind of the style back then. It totally yeah. made sense. Yeah, I, I, I'll never forget one uh, one director called me out of the blue. I was about to go into a screening of some sort, and all of a sudden I see this thing. And so I answered it. I said, hey, it could be an agent or something like that. And so he goes, hey, man, my name is Dino Petranis, and um, I just rented out a theater in Los Angeles, and we just sold out 400 seats. And I go, yeah, for what? He goes, for creating our Mozart. I'm like, going, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> was he asking did he ask you to show up for it yeah he did want me to show up i said well if you fly me out i'll, I'll oh man go out there but he, he didn't have the money for that so wow but um but then he starts asking he goes hey man he says so did you guys know when you were shooting this thing how avant-garde it was going to be and how you set up the shots and, and the cool like you know cuts and and I said, dude, I got to tell you, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Which yes. Is probably why it came out the way that it did. Wow. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. What a time. Well, you've been, uh, you've got a blessed life. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Dustin. You guys are great. Yeah. Thank you, Jack. And um, let us know uh, the details when you figure them out, and we'll, we'll definitely uh, spread the word for you. Oh, we certainly will, man. It'll be uh, you'll be the, you'll be among the first to know. Right, thank you for the reach out. All right, you bet. Thank you so much, Jack. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Take care.
Zach, you can come in now.
declare this the Ren Lazar Clubhouse. So declared. What does it take to build a friend? A little bit of dreams and some glue to an end. I need a friendship, I know that's true. Just like the friendship I have with you. Just like the friendship you have with us. Just like the friendship I have with you. What are we gonna do now? Don't worry, Ashley. Everything's going to be alright. Imagine, and we will journey through your hearts to a far and distant land. 
dimming skies, but not like this one. They always seem too hard to touch. Dreams are real and they've just begun. They're yours if you want them that much. Some people put up for tomorrow. Hey, it's JB Smooth. One, two, three, four, five. You're listening to Five Count. I just did it. Yeah. I'm searching high, not low. As high as the mind can go. I feel the breeze. It's heading our way. Out of sight. 
We got it all, and I believe it's right. We we'll share our dreams and our passions. The sky shining bright. We got it all. And the same.
Why did Brock steal the medallion? He took it out of hate. Why does he hate so much? Well, as Vorok would tell it, he hates because no one has ever really liked him. People have only been afraid of him. Now, which do you think comes first? Does he hate because he's feared? Or is he feared because of his hate? What if we stop being afraid of him? Well, why don't we find out? What if we tried not being afraid of him? Tried even to like him? And maybe he wouldn't hate so much. Maybe. Rem, why don't you mind us asking so many questions? That's an interesting question. Why do you think I don't mind? Because that's how we learn, by asking questions. Hmm. Without their questions, people would still be living in caves. And without your questions, I wouldn't even be here. Why are we here, Ren? I mean, any of us. Why not? Why not as good an answer as any ever given by scientist or philosopher? The trick is to never stop asking the questions and never stop reaching for the answers. Ask your questions even if there are no simple answers. You and Zach have gone your separate ways, and if you need to find each other again, it's as easy as searching for your common path. Rem, I can't lose either of you.
Hey there, this is John Oates, and you are listening to The Five Count. take you back to where you belong from within your mind no one else can find the love that you inspired from the very start hidden in your heart it is love that is even higher Love is contagious, and you have both caught it. This medallion, shining bright, brings a warmth in me. The adventures that we shared tells me Love it. Welcome back to the five count. Nice. It was a nice one. Yeah. Just like the friendship I have with you. <laughs> oh, isn't that something? That was Jack Mulcahy, and uh, that was the soundtrack to Rem Lazar. I but- thought it was fun talking to him. I had a great time. Could you tell? Could you tell with how talkative I was? You were excited. I was excited. What a guy. He was a nice guy, too. It was like you found a treasured friendship in a cave or something. If you're listening to this uh, via KMSU Terrestrial Radio, um, or even at KMSU.org, uh, you probably noticed there's a little something. He was pretty sweary. He liked to throw those swears around. If you'd like to hear the unedited version, it's going to be available on podcast. Right? We have to be a podcast, too. Got to keep up with the times, Ton. Can't just be on the radio and 
aired once and let it die. Do you put the unedited version on YouTube? Oh, it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's on your podcasting platform. Check it out there. And now you have the soundtrack available to you. You just go back and listen to it. Wow. That is really something. Reach with your heart. That's what Ton does. Reach with my heart every day. Yeah. Ton, I want to ask you a very serious question. All right. Uh, What were you up to like 10 years ago? Super sweet stuff, I'm sure. Well, if you don't know for sure, I'll let you know. Because this is the part of the program where we go back 10 years in five-count history. We've been doing this uh, segment for quite some time now, too. Almost 10 years. More than 10 years. Really? No. I think you forget sometimes, Ton, how long we've been doing this show. Wow. Yeah, it's been a while. Rem Lazar was still in theaters when we started this show. <laughs> okay, so 10 years ago is what date? March 17th, 2012. Okay, so we've been doing it 12 years. This was a good show, Ton. Because we had an exclusive interview with E.G. Daly. That's awesome. Ton looks confused. I am. I don't think I was right on what I said. E.G. Daly is awesome, though. Uh, Dottie from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yes, yes. Ton mostly knows her as the uh, woman who sang the songs on the Scarface soundtrack. <laughs> that is a good one. Ton's hot tonight. Yes. He's always singing that. That's a good song. And I was like, we should get E.G. Daly on the show. Yes, yes, you should. And then she could tell you how hot you are tonight. Mm, mm. Love that idea. She was also Tommy Pickles in the Rugrats cartoon. Yeah. She was uh, Buttercup in the Powerpuff Girls. Rugrats is a good move or good cartoon. She's in a lot of stuff. Ton is a loner, a rebel. A rebel. Yeah. Um, am I thinking of the right. Ton's hot tonight! Is that what you were thinking of? Yes. Oh, no, I'm not. But yeah, she she was, yeah. It was good times. She was she's in Valley in a, Girl. Is that what you were about to say? She's been in a bunch of stuff. Yes, that's precisely what I was about to say just now. E.G. Daly on this program. She was also on this show uh second time later on down yeah. the road. Twice she was on this program. Lovely person lovely and as you know when i was a youngster i watched peewee's big adventure every day for about eight years so it's a big deal for me it's a good movie it makes sense and that was 10 years ago in five count history what a good time that was something tons hot tonight (laughs) So, is it weird? (laughs) Okay. I definitely watched Pee-wee's Big Adventure many times. But for some reason, it's 
I feel like in my recollection, it might be very possible that I've watched Big Top Pee Wee more times. Is that weird? A little bit. I'm guessing most people don't have that same ratio. Yeah. But that's fine. Why is that? Do you not like Big Top Pee Wee? I didn't say anything about it. But it seems like it's less popular, right? It is less popular. But why? But I do like it. All right. I, mean, I it's think fine. it's because people probably thought, hey, Pee Wee has another movie out. Maybe he lost his bike again. And then they go to see it, and it's like, wait a minute, he's a farmer, and he goes to the circus? What the hell's this? I don't think well, people Well, doesn't were, the circus come to him? Well, that's semantics time. I'm just saying, I don't yeah. think people were prepared for him to be living with a talking pig on a farm yeah. and joining the circus. For such a departure. And I always thought that that was like the that was part of the funny part, because you're like Pee Wee's on a like what like that's part of the gag kind of. He wears his gray suit, but he's a farmer. He's got a talking pig. He no longer just lives in the city and rides his bike around like a twelve year old or whatever. He's like now supposed to be a grown up dude in a gray suit farming, <laughs> going to the local store and getting a pickle out of a barrel. That's yeah. awesome. Well, you were a lot smarter than most kids, so <laughs> probably wasn't over know. your head. I don't know about that, but I liked it. Ton, speaking of smart kids, I got a question here sent to the five-count mailbag. Oh, really? From Billy Floyd Shouts. Oh, wow. That guy's like genius material. It's kind of a sad one here. Oh, boy. I don't know if you heard this, Ton, but uh, professional wrestler Scott Hall has passed away. I didn't hear that, actually. Just uh, Monday, I think. I did not hear that. Wow. So he says, in memory of Scott Hall, in his iconic ladder match at WrestleMania 10, yeah. what is your favorite gimmick slash stipulation wrestling match? Wow. I'm guessing it's something on a pole. <laughs> what? What do you mean on a pole? Some matches that have things on poles seem to be like a pole match kind of guy a pole match kind of guy no well first of all i'm sorry i didn't hear about that at all so rest in peace scott hall that is a pretty iconic figure in wrestling he really was wow wow man i didn't hear that at all crazy you know what matches i always love that everyone else seems to hate what's that battle royals yeah I always loved those, and I think no one else does, because really it's just a bunch of dudes standing around like punching each other. And yeah, it isn't like an actual match. Yeah, but for some reason I was into it. But well, uh, yeah, you loved battle royals, and and you love you love the Royal Rumble, so you just love matches where like all like the whole locker rooms in the ring. I guess so. To be fair, though, my favorite WrestleMania is WrestleMania 4, so maybe I'm not the one to be giving advice on which wrestling matches you should watch. Well, I mean, we're not saying that necessarily. You're fully entitled to your opinion. So, But is that why it is? Is it you just like seeing all the dudes out there, like all the action? I think so. Yeah. I like the action, Floyd shouts. There's just so much action. I'm a man of action. So much action. <laughs> 
I mean, I think that's the purpose of it, right? So that's your favorite. <clears throat> I don't... I honestly... I'm not sure. Um, When I was young, I liked the whole... Like... Uh, Barbed wire? No, the... the the like chained together deal dog collar match yeah the the Roddy Piper business and yeah like dog collar match deal i thought that was like holy cow <clears throat> but i understand like you can't <laughs> that's that's a tough one to 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 keep i don't know to keep having <laughs> like i understand why they don't have it anymore <laughs> but when i w- watch that now I find it kind of lame because that the whole thing being attached to one another makes it hard to work. You know what I mean? It's like you're reduced on your, on the move set. But when I was a kid, I was like, Holy number two, this is happening. I just was like blown away for some weird reason. Um, but after that, I mean, it's, it's hard to say, especially for any modern times. Cause I mean, previously, I would say ladder matches. Yeah, awesome. But now I've seen so many that it's like, and even now, it seems like a lot of times the ladder match is like boring because it's the same old business. It's the same old thing that happens. I don't know. Well. Um, Elimination Chamber is definitely not it. Um, Money in the Bank is kind of cool. But that's, again, the similar kind of deal. Like, I've just seen it so many times. It's just tough with wrestling now because it's I've seen it all so many times. I was talking to a younger dude the other day who said he's a huge Randy Orton fan. And I was just like, okay, you know, he's like in his early 20s. I'm like, that's cool and everything that you that you love Randy Orton, but... I've seen Randy Orton wrestle every possible wrestler and usually more than once and i'm just like over it like not saying anything against randy orton i just don't it's just i've done it already a lot of times and it doesn't do anything for me anymore it's kind of i don't know does that make sense he is hot i mean for yeah i mean if you're into that sort of thing yeah i'm sure i am well anyway rest in peace scott hall yeah Thanks for the question, Billy Floyd shouts. I like those matches where you had to, um, whoever lost, like, got their hair cut. I like that, too. Yeah. Hey, let's play a song, and then we'll come back, and we'll cut each other's hair, shall we? Awesome. No matter how hard you try, you can stop us now. No matter how hard you try, you can stop us now. Renegades of this common age This is common age for renegades Renegades of this common age This is common age for renegades Like the city, bull, dumb, hey, like a 
sucker. Now move, sucker. Now move, sucker. Hey everybody, this is Ed Gale, a.k.a. Howard the Duck, and you're listening to The Five Count.
we're back, son. Awesome. Welcome back. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Sorry, I got to cut your violins out, but you know, it's time to go. It's about that time. It's okay. Show's over. Hey, real quick, son. How does the man on the moon cut his hair? No idea. Eclipse it. Eclipse it. Ha! As in he clips it. Wow. John from New Ulm? Yeah. He what said up? He was in uh, New Ulm, then he went to his dad's house and watched RoboCop on TV. What a guy. John has left the building. I just want everybody to know, do you remember, Dust, when you gave me a little RoboCop action figure for my birthday one year? Yes, I do. Well, that little RoboCop um, lives on my daughter's dresser guarding uh, the baby monitor right now. He's been there for weeks. And you can't move him. You can't touch him or move him because she'll get real upset. If you do, there will be trouble. Yes. She loves RoboCop. Son, everyone loves RoboCop. Everyone loves you. And everyone loves great radio. Yeah, they do. Check us out on thefivecount.com. Go to Patreon for as little as $1. You can listen to all of this stuff before it happens on air. The Five Count co-op episodes, new to you even earlier. The Five Count at the movies, it's a beautiful thing. Dusty and his underwear, it's all on there. Yeah, and like the first three years of the show, the real obnoxious stuff. It's beautiful. And when you're done doing that, go to LoriDonCeramics.com. Support her, please. Lori, thank you so much for calling in. I miss you. And stay tuned because uh, Jack Mulcahy is going to let us know uh, the details on the upcoming fundraiser for creating Rem Lazar. It's going to be awesome. Thanks for being on the show, Jack. Yes. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. Billy Floyd shouts, I love you, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. We might uh, hook up with Floyd shouts later, maybe next month to do wrestling talk for WrestleMania. But not right now, Ton, because we're leaving. Well... I'll see you next time. Smell you next time. Good night, Ramazar. <laughs>